2: All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. <laughs> Put your hands up, man! This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12
3: Apostles. Apostles. I'm George Reister, he's Ralph Amson. and this is the Pac-12 Apostles podcast by Pac-12 fans, for Pac-12 fans, and college football fans all over the place because uh, things are probably going to change around here too. So uh, you might as well get used to it, people. Um, But week one is in the books for the Pac-12. Now, there's a lot of people on the national media like Ralph that, oh, it's a disaster for the conference. And I'm like, actually not. A disaster for the conference was last year. This year, when you have 10 out of the 12 teams winning and the only teams that lost were against Georgia and at the swamp and at the swamp was came down to the last play, I I think we'll be okay.
4: I agree. I agree. Uh, My big caveat from last week was that the worst possible thing that can happen is to have your top 10 team lose to an unranked Florida Um And I was convinced that, like, nothing in the world could be worse than that. And then I watched the game, and Florida is objectively better than we thought. Um, But there's still some things Florida wasn't able to do well. They, They didn't throw a touchdown pass on Utah. They got bullied by Utah's offensive line. It took Utah making several mistakes on the last drive for Florida to pull out the win. Um, And so, I I don't know. It's weird. It was weird because the exact thing that I said that I thought would be a disaster happened, and I actually walked away from that being like, man, Florida's way better than I thought. But Utah is a really good football team. Yeah, They just got some stuff they have to clean up.
3: That's a fact, Jack. And I got a chance to talk to Coach Kyle Whittingham about – the game and about the week. And here is how that went. College football is here. And uh, that means that we get a chance to get some VIPs in the building. And today we have coach Whittingham, head coach of the Utah Utes. coach. Thanks for coming on the show.
5: You bet. Appreciate you having
3: me. Yeah. So you guys just went down to the swamp. You guys had a tough game. Uh, didn't unfortunately didn't come out victorious but what did you learn about your team from that game
5: well i think we played very well offensively first of all we had a lot of production uh you know 450 yards of offense ran the football efficiently uh threw it efficiently uh played clean you only had uh we only had three penalties entire in the entire game uh one of them was a delay a game where we were trying to draw them off sides and we knew that was a, a possibility and so really just two uh really outright penalties uh took care of the football very well up until the last play of the game you know we hadn't turned it over until the the very last play we threw an interception as we were trying to go in for the the winning score so that was disappointing uh what we didn't do offensively is we didn't we weren't very productive in the red zone, and that really was the the difference in the game. Is our lack of uh, production in the red zone. We left a lot of points out there on the field, and and so that was that was very disappointing. Uh, defensively, we know we got to get a lot better in the front seven with our gap control and our run fits uh, and how we deal with blockers. We didn't didn't play very well against the run at all defensively. Um, but uh you know for the for the first game i thought the offense came out and played well the offensive line in particular you know was getting some good movement off the ball cam rising our quarterback played well uh zero drops you know from the from the receivers and tight ends so we played a clean game for the most part but we came up short they made one more play than we did and that was the difference
3: and and uh, you guys are playing in the uh, swamp and people talk so much about environment 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 and i'm just like you taught that you you guys Looked very at at home, and 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 that this act, like like that that it travels anywhere, that this brand of football travels anywhere. What was the environment like, and how did you, how do you think that your team responded to it?
5: Well, I thought we handled it very well. Like I said, it was, uh, you know, very, it was loud. There's no doubt. Probably the loudest environment that we've played in in some time or maybe ever. And so that was uh, that was something that uh, we knew was going to be the case. Didn't surprise us. Uh, it wasn't quite as hot as we thought it was going to be. You know, it had cooled down. It would have rained uh, before the game. And so the, the heat wasn't a, a big factor, a little bit humid. But but we'd taken measures uh, in that regard as well through fall camp to practice in hot and humid conditions. You know, we got our indoor Uh, heat it up and and put some uh, moisture in there. So so I thought our guys handled the environment uh, as well as they possibly could have uh, we also play, played uh, or practiced with a bunch of crowd noise all fall camp, which typically we wait until uh, game week, you know, the first first game to do that. But we started crowd noise, you know, a good three weeks out from the game. And and so I think uh, the coaches and players did a great job pr- preparing and getting ready for, for all that the swamp uh, throws at you. But like I said, we just uh, couldn't quite uh, make the play that we needed to make to to get the win and we had chances on D you know one one play on D uh, going down the stretch and we win the game and one play on o and we can win it but give credit to Florida they made the play and we didn't and so that was the difference
3: and, and, and one of the things that that coaches have to scheme against and you guys were on with the head coach coach Whittingham from the Utah Utes is you talked about stopping the run and one of the things that has really been changing in the quarterback position is the ability to to run your quarterback cam rising rushed for 91 yards anthony richardson their quarterback rushed for 106 how much stress does a quarterback who's who's mobile who can still throw the ball at a high level and run at a high level like how much more stress does that put on a defense compared to just some you know
5: some world beating pocket passer a ton and that's really a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare is a true dual threat quarterback that can run the football, uh, you know, effectively and and throw the ball uh, with uh, great efficiency as well. And and you don't find that very often. You know, typically your dual threats. One is, uh, you know, the quarterbacks are either really good at running the ball and, and okay at throwing, or vice versa. But but uh, Anthony Richardson as well as Cam Rising are are both very very capable of of doing both. And that that forces you to do some different things on defense, and you have to account for the quarterback run game every single scheme that you have and and every snap and. And uh, like I said, that's uh, the biggest challenge for a defensive coordinator is to defend somebody like that.
3: And, and can, can you talk about your sophomore safety, Cole Bishop? Because this dude is flying all over the place every everywhere. He had 12 tackles in the game, half a tackle for a loss. Like, how has a sophomore been able to come in and be so productive?
5: Yeah, Cole's a tr- terrific football player, and last year as a true freshman, he started for us most of the year and and uh, was just outstanding. And he picked up right where he left off uh, in this uh, game, first game of this season. And he's one of our defensive stalwarts and one of the uh, most efficient and most uh, fundamentally and technique sound defenders that uh, that we have. And and you're right, he's just a true sophomore, and he's you know, he's very mature beyond his years, and and uh, has a great football IQ and uh, very coachable and and he's big. I mean, he's, you know, for a safety six, two plus and 205 pounds and, and he's got quickness and speed. So he's, he's the whole package and uh, he's one of our best players. And
3: when we get to talking and the, the national media, just about teams, right? They, they look at week, week one, but in my experience as a player that you have the biggest jump between week one and week two. So how, so what, Like goes into like those big jumps between, you know, you guys playing Florida to your game this week versus Southern Utah to make wholesale changes that will, you know, continue your growth and evolution throughout the
5: season. Yeah, well we don't have any wholesale changes planned. I mean, we played pretty good. Like I said, we've got some things to fix and some things that uh we can do better, and we're not going to panic or any of that stuff, but but I think you're right. The the improvement that is made between game 1 and game 2 is is typically your your biggest improvement during the course of the season. And uh you know, we need that to happen because uh, we got a lot of deficiencies that you know coming out of that game like I mentioned, but but uh you know, I think maybe a big reason for that is a lot of the guys that haven't played much you know or playing for the first time you know they get a taste of it in week 1 and week 2 they settle in a little bit and and play better football now we have a lot of returning starters and so uh, you know whether that's the case for us this year we'll find out but but we hope it is i mean that's you know that's what you hope for is to to get better every week throughout the course of a season and stay on a, an upward trajectory but but typically that biggest improvement does occur between games 1 and 2
3: and there has been a lot of doom and gloom about the Pac-12, but I th- I saw some really good things in, in Week One. Aside aside from Oregon getting their doors blown off, um, aside uh, uh, aside from that, I believe everybody in the conference won. What did you take from from that? Because there's so much doom and gloom, but I thought a lot of things went right in the conference.
5: Yeah, I think there was there's some positives. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that doesn't feel you get real perspective on on the season until you know week three, four, five, maybe even six, until you can get some, uh, you know, just a, enough body of work that you can really sort things out and determine you know who your best teams are and, and that type of thing. I think it's so early that that uh, that's impossible to do right now. But but just looking at it from a win loss standpoint, you're right. I think the Pac-12 had a had a uh, a good weekend. Now most of those wins were obviously you know heavy favorites. You know some most of the time you play a lesser opponent in week one, but but uh, and you're right. Oregon had their hands full with Georgia, and I think anybody that plays Georgia is going to have their hands full. I mean that that football team looked outstanding, but but uh, you know we'll find out where the Pac-12 stands in in three, four, five weeks, and and uh, go from there.
3: Yeah, and uh, as we now from from your team. Because there are a lot of people, obviously, that don't get a chance to, you know, see the coaching tape and all of that. And we talked about um, your 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 quarterback, Cam Cam Rising. We talked about uh, Colt Cole Bishop, but you also have a guy, Clark Phillips, who's been pretty good for you guys as well. Are there any other guys that stood out in week one that should be getting some more attention that we should be talking about?
5: Well, I think our two tight ends, you know, they're outstanding players. Brant Keith, he caught nine balls in that game for over 100 yards, and and uh, Dalton Kincaid didn't have his, his usual production, but, but between our two tight ends, they're going to be a huge part, part of our offense going forward. Uh, our running back Tavian Thomas went for well over 100 yards against a really good Florida front seven, so so I think he's a guy that uh, you know the nation should take take note of and understand that, that you know his talent level. Um, and there's you know three or four other guys that, that showed up and did some good things. Uh, offensive line that you you know really those guys go unnoticed, unfortunately, and don't get a lot of praise but but our right tackle Satawa Lamea played exceptionally well and so we did have some some really good performances by guys that uh you know really stepped up for us
3: and, and final final question for you now <sighs> Now I've had a chance to come to Utah, meet you in person, talk and, and, and all of that. See you at Pac 12 media day. But then that, that got me to thinking because, because you came on the program last season. I wished you well. And so like, I'm starting to think that we were friends, but then you did bad things to my Oregon ducks twice. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering how, like how our relationship is supposed to go. If, if, if this is the way you're going to do
5: me. Well, the Oregon Ducks have done some bad things to us in the past too, so I think we can call it even right now. We can call it a draw, but but uh, yeah, we did have to play those guys twice in the 13-day period last year, and fortunate enough to win both of them. Of course, one of them was the, the Pac-12 championship game there at the end. But but they're a formidable team. They got a, a ton of talent, and uh, my guess is they'll rebound from uh, from that Week One, uh, you know, disaster. I guess you can call it, and then uh, you know they're going to end up being a good football team. Yep,
3: and you guys, he is head coach of Utah football, Mr. Kyle Whittingham, and uh, good luck on the rest of your season. Hopefully I'll get a chance to see you in a couple weeks as well.
5: Okay, it sounds good. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: So, but, uh, Ralph, now that's for the people who are going to listen on the podcast version. Yeah,
4: on YouTube, you just got a couple of seconds of silence. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so you, you guys go hey. to the podcast and you guys can hear it.
4: Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, we're everywhere. So make sure we haven't gotten a review in a while. We like to read those on air. Yes,
3: yes, drop the reviews. Yeah, that's like the best part is reading them. Um, Reading our reviews, going back and reading our reviews,
4: I cannot believe how stupid I was telling everybody to give us a four-star and then come back and update it later if we improve. (laughs) (laughs) So we have like a truckload of four-star reviews and nobody has gone back. To change it at all. If you can get somebody to leave your review, that's cool enough. Expecting them to come back twice is pretty wild on my part.
3: Bro, I tried to tell you this from the beginning. I'm <laughs> glad you have seen the light. So, but uh, be- before we even get into the Oregon game, though, it was not doom and gloom. It was not doom and gloom for the conference because, well, actually, you did not have 11 out of the 12 teams win. You, I'm sorry, 10 out of the 12 teams win. You had nine out of the 12 teams win because Colorado got their asses kicked. So we will actually start with the Thursday game. So we'll go in in order Northern Arizona at Arizona State, a must-play game by Arizona's Regents. So – I didn't watch very much of this game. Um, Emory Jones started for Arizona State. They ran up the score. Was there anything to be gained f- about Arizona State from this game?
4: Well, one thing I told you before the game is that I don't think NAU had ever seen anything like Emory Jones ever like that. That that'd be like a two-headed unicorn walking onto the field for. It's like Khalil Tate uh, yeah, but like, actually, like a quarterback's height and,
3: <laughs> and build. Um, yeah,
4: yeah, and and that ended up being the case. It was just, uh, it it was the way it should have been. This game probably, if we're being honest, should have been fifty-five to three or sixty-two to three. Arizona State had two interception returns called back, um, for penalties and had to kick four field goals, which you don't want to have to do, um. Against NAU, it it, it was going to be blowout. Central um, NAU wasn't up to the moment. It wasn't like last year. I think I'm trying to explain to people. I don't think people understand how talent deficient University of Arizona was last season. The my takeaways from Arizona State are pretty simple. There's stuff that they still have to clean up. Their first string is very good, like eight wins, good, but. They did lose an offensive lineman for the season in this game. He was not a starter, but that really, really hurts depth. And the other thing is, I don't forget NAU not seeing anything like Emory Jones. I've been having a really hard time trying to figure out a previous Pac-12 quarterback that reminds me of Emory Jones. He's just so different stylistically um, to anything that we've seen. And he's not perfect. He's kind of flat-footed. He doesn't like... He doesn't respond to pressure, really. Like if he's going to get hit, he'll just take the hit. He does. He does not looking out at the Pac-12 defenses and and respecting anybody's size or speed. No, he's not no. thinking he could get hurt at all, and that worries me a little bit because he's going to take some licks. Um, but man, is he—he's he, an athlete, man. He is—he is, um, is going to. Put ASU in some games that they might not belong in, maybe starting this week. So, well, well, how's uh, the rest of the talent
3: on the uh,
4: team? Uh, re- receiver's a little bit of a yikes right now. Running back looks pretty strong. Uh, starting offensive line looks pretty strong. The defensive line, everybody talking about the strength of the team, but they, and maybe it was just NAU's offense and quick throws and stuff. They didn't have a sack. That was a little worrisome um, for me. I, I really liked them at linebacker. And the height and length in the defensive backfield is unlike anything ASU's ever had before. So, like, they look good, but you have to understand, you have to understand that it's like the veneer is thin, right? The margin of error is so thin for this team because the depth just isn't necessarily there. But they're good enough. They are good enough to be competitive in the Pac-12 if they got a little bit of luck go their way, in my okay. opinion.
3: Okay. All right. Next game up, TCU versus Colorado. Now, I watched this game. Now, this game went exactly how I thought this game was going to go. Exactly how I thought this game was going to go. The uh, I I knew that this was going to be a struggle for Colorado going back to what? When they made their offensive coordinator hire, their fans were not happy. He came from Minnesota from a terrible offense, inheriting a terrible offense. So what did you think was going to happen besides terrible offenseness? I mean, it, it was it was just bad. I mean, it was just really bad. And I don't even know if you are a Colorado fan how you are even hopeful for the rest of the seasons to be to be honest i mean like it, it was it was that bad
4: you shouldn't be hopeful for like a bowl but you you would like to see them figure out at least the quarterback position colorado at one point had a lead in the game um this is gonna sound bizarre but to anybody who actually watched colorado games and i think i watched 10 of the 12 last year uh, Brendan Lewis actually looked like the better version of himself in this game. Well, he was 13 for score.
3: 18. Yeah, he was 13 for 18, but only 78 yards. Like, that looked like some Tua stats.
4: Yeah, and he's still, like, that would have been the one of the better versions of him last year. You have to understand, George, in the last two years, nine different times they've gone a full half without scoring a touchdown.
3: Yeah, yeah. Nine times. And, and they had a few games where they weren't even over 100 yards passing. Yeah. Like and then J- your boy JT Shrout came in mm-hmm. a, a 13 for 23, 157 yards and a touchdown. I would imagine he probably starts this week, right? He should. He it, you know what
4: it, it really looked like when he came in. Do you remember when Jackson Dart first came in for USC last year and there was just a different energy? Yeah. And you thought to yourself like, "Oh, maybe he it, it's hard to replicate this energy." In practice, which is why so many Pac-12 quarterbacks have no idea who to start at quarterback. We ran into that with the Jack West, Tanner McKee thing last year. Uh, Obviously, the Cam Rising thing, Um, (laughs) and Charlie Brewer at Utah. And this is—I think this looks like another version of that because Brandon Lewis must look fine in practice, but J.T. Shroud pushes the ball down the field, and that's what Brandon Lewis has has not been doing. Brandon Lewis is fine and i think with decent coaching and maybe down a half step maybe in the mountain west might be able to do something um wyoming could also always use a quarterback that can't throw for 100 yards in a game um but like there's <laughs> nothing it's nothing against brandon lewis but he, it's not like he has the talent around him to even help him level up so yeah. and, or the coaching it really seems like and i, I hate disparaging pack 12 teams i'm just not yogi roth like i can't i'm not gonna like I'm not going to describe the beauty of each one of those 78 yards. I do think that he he can improve, but I just I, well, if they I, give I, him the reins this the week. Coordinatorship,
3: it's the coordinatorship that is going to have them struggling this this year. TCU is okay. They're not a team you should only score 13 points on. I'm just saying. All
4: right, the, the, and they that's just it. TCU was okay and they dropped yeah. 31 in the second half just because Colorado couldn't hold the ball long enough. And yeah, they, you should be really frustrated if you're a Colorado fan and he really took the 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 that offense took the crowd out of it. They took yep. their own crowd out.
3: Yep. Now on to Bowling Green UCLA. Bowling Green. Oh well, well it was 38 to 13 TCU Colorado. UCLA yeah. won.
4: Shout out to shout out to Mark Perry for getting a victory over his former uh, CU Buffaloes, by the way. He's out at TCU now. And oh. good Lord, he's probably happy
3: he left. Yep. Uh, UCLA, 45, Bowling Green, 17. Now, there were some people in the beginning of the game that were like, oh, my God, is this going to be an upset? Uh, no, no. They ran off on them. They scored 17 in the second. Another – touchdown in the third, another 14 in the fourth. Now UCLA has problems, but those problems rely on special teams. <laughs> like they gave up 17 points because of special teams. Now their yeah, their defense only allowed 37 total yards rushing, quarterback only threw for the quarterback's only threw for 125 total yards and one touchdown. Dorian Thompson Robinson outside of that first drive when he threw a pick was through for 300 yards was efficient with the football Jack Zach Charbonnet looked really good yeah I didn't I got took this as a as a game that they should have won and they did obviously it was an ugly start but they got to get this special teams fixed 100 percent
4: yeah, they do. They do need to work on special teams. It was. It, I mean, they looked bad in every facet in the first quarter, but then they made adjustments as the game went on. Yep. And they dominated. They went on a thirty-eight to seven run. Honestly, outside of that long Dorian Thompson Robinson run in the first quarter, UCL, UCLA looked like putrid. But it wasn't. It wasn't like you were watching them and saying they don't have the talent. To compete, it just took them a minute to get yes, correct. Get it figured out, which is which is understandable, which is why you don't schedule a Florida or a Georgia to 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 uh, jump <laughs> in your off. first
3: game of the season, dude. Give me a warm up, please.
4: Baby. Yeah, because because some of these teams you schedule against you can't afford that quarter, and a lot of Pac twelve teams they they need it, and so UCLA needed it. They figured out they looked exactly the way that you thought. Um, they should look Zach Charbonnet, uh Zach Sherman is going to have a big year. Um, yeah. And I just, I, 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 I wasn't impressed with the way they responded. But then again, it wasn't really a home game, was it? It was the lowest, lowest ticket sales in the history of a UCLA game.
3: Yeah, but at and the twenty-seven
4: thousand didn't show up. There's no way it had to be closer to like twenty. Yeah, that were actually but, in the stadium.
3: And people are. Like, there's no excuse to only have 27,000 people for attendance numbers to be 27,000. But, bro, it was hottest balls out here in California, bro. Like, it it was...
4: Record settings plus a day game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Had had this been a night game, the attendance would have been significantly better. And, you know, attendance could be down a little bit because you're playing Bowling Green, too. But uh, if they... You know, they showed up for LSU last year. People still have excitement about this team. The first attendance is going to be tough on their first three games because they don't play anybody. And everybody knows it's going to be a blowout. So you're going to get – it's going to be tough to get people out to the Rose Bowl in the enormously hot sun again this weekend uh, for uh, that. So, but, yeah, I get it. And – Yeah. And- no,
4: go on. No, I just I I just wanted to say like it would be like it was hundred and thirty five degrees in Arizona. Like that's the level of heat in September. Like two years in a row now in California is super concerning. And and it might it might behoove some of these California teams if these if these September heat waves continue to maybe open up on the road.
3: Yes. And at and at night. And at night, yeah, bro. Definitely <laughs> at night. Um all right, next game up. Arizona thirty-eight. 38- San Diego State twenty. Oh, Ralph. While I'm introing this, break out our win totals, buddy. I feel real good. Um. Now Arizona thirty-eight. San Diego State twenty. Now, as soon as I knew Braxton Burmeister was starting in this game, I know we're not supposed to talk bad about kids. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh, Arizona. I got a,
4: I got a message from a San Diego State parent that was like, come on, guys.
3: <laughs> what?
4: No, I got a message from a SDSU parent that was like, let up.
3: <laughs> Listen, I have nothing bad about the kid personally. I think he's a I think he overcomes adversity. He's just not a you know, a like if he's your starting quarterback, you need a new quarterback.
4: If that defense did not let Arizona jump out on them, the way that he run that offense and the way that he runs the ball People don't give him credit as a runner. He's a runner. Yes. The way that he runs the ball, they would have been okay. But he's not a play from behind. No. He's not not that guy, pal. No.
3: No. No. And uh, Jaden DeLore is who we thought he was. Is who he thought he was. 299, four touchdowns. He did throw a pick. But listen, uh, your boy Cowing, Jacob Cowing, he was really good. Eight catches for 152 and three touchdowns. We know who their number one wide wide receiver is. Their freshman McMillan T Mac three four fifty three and a touchdown. I don't know if you saw it. He had
4: a catch that didn't count.
3: Like he's yes. out on the, on the yes, bro. Oh, bro. God, I'm, I'm 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 still upset. Okay, I'm still upset. He <laughs> was committed to Oregon, and the coaching change made him flip. Hate it. Hate it, but I'm happy to see the kid doing well. Fox
2: Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
3: Now, this is a good start for Arizona. And we talked about this being a must-win for them to get enough mm-hmm. momentum to get the season started. They were able to yeah. run the ball well. They ran for almost 300 yards. They ran for 294. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was the wide, wide, wide receivers. They ran for 162 yards and a touchdown. So they ran the ball well. Average 4.2 yards to carry. Yeah, I, I, you could not have asked for a better start for Arizona, and I'm not going to be the overreact guy, but we could be looking at, like, a five-win team.
4: I think that's more than... I think you and I both had them at four and eight, and I, it might be time to rethink that, but, um, again, they're they're going to have some not issues yet. with depth. Yeah. <laughs> but Jaden, Jaden, you know, to be... Uh, was he Pac 12 Offensive Player of the Year last year? And no. then to have.
3: No, it was. I, um,
4: he won Drake, some awards.
3: It was Drake London. He was freshman okay. of the year.
4: Uh, yeah, a freshman in the way that Ben Simmons won Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but the idea that like all of a sudden he drops to like fifth or sixth in the conference as far as quarterback rankings because some quarterbacks transferred in, I I, I don't think that's. Fair to him and and, and I mean, you you know more about him than I do, but if he keeps his head on straight, he is going to have a hell of a year. Um, but they're a lot like Arizona State in that like after that front after that front line, like if Jaden Delora has to miss a game for whatever reason.
3: Uh, it, listen, it's Noah Pafita time then buddy. Yeah,
4: and Jordan McLeod looked okay in, in, as they moved on. But I think the they've got some continuity with the coaching staff. They got buy-in. It's all good vibes down there. Um, and th- there was some crazy graphic on the broadcast that said uh, this was like Arizona's second win in like a 1,000 days. Let's be honest. This was Arizona's first win.
3: Yes. Like, yeah, that Cal uh, for, win last year. I told you. You said like, yes, I'm going to count it. I was like, listen – it, well this is this all the way.
4: There are no moral victories. That might be literally the first moral literal victory. Yes. Because it shouldn't really have counted. That game shouldn't have happened. Yes. Uh and they got the win, but like this is an actual win and this sets them up for uh <laughs> they still got a couple of rough games uh in non-conference, but this sets them up to uh to and and everybody in the Pac-12, nobody can take them lightly, and that's yep. important.
3: Yep. Oregon Georgia, so we will uh speed up on the uh recap so we can get to the preview of this <laughs> this week
4: <laughs> I don't have anything to say about this game I don't have anything I don't have a single thing to say about this game
3: no no it was like, a
4: it was an ass whooping yeah, and it felt the whole game from start to finish like Oregon was playing with nine players on the field
3: yeah well I, there there is literally nothing to. Like, there's nothing to even assess about this team. I think that you will know about who Oregon is over the next two weeks against Eastern Washington and uh, against BYU because they didn't even get off the bus against Georgia. Like, they didn't even get off. Georgia rolled out their helmets and won.
4: Two questions. One, do you have a problem with what Kirby Smart said after the game, which was, like, the the Dan Lanning will get it figured out, and he'd never
3: say this, but we have better players. Mm. What can you say to that, bro? Like like, what can you? They they just kicked your teeth in. What else can you say? There, there's no rebutting that.
4: Is that a supportive statement? Is it a backhanded compliment? Is it a flat-out insult? Is it gassing your own players up? Like, what
3: the hell? I I don't know if I've ever heard it of a It is coach. gassing your own players up, number number one. Number two, it is giving Dan Lanning credit because he's like, yo, he will get it figured out. And, yeah, so I thought it was those two things, that he yeah. was gassing his own player players up, but also... Maybe he gave Dan Lanning a solid like by kind of ribbing his players the way they maybe would be insulted by it and be like, oh, really? Y'all have better, better players. All right. OK, cool. Cool. All right. We'll show we'll show y'all like I, I think as a coach, if you like the other guy that sometimes you do stuff like that as a like ah, I'm gonna give his team something to something to think about.
4: Yeah. Uh, question number two, and it, it's in the Dabo Swinney vein because I think Dabo is someone that you and I both respect, right? Yeah, if you you can't not respect what he's done yeah, Clemson. For sure. However, however, you want to ch- you, you want to reach through the TV screen and slap him sometimes because the world is moving in a direction that him putting his spurs into the ground is not going to slow down. C- correct. Right. Correct. Okay. So that being said, I think Dabo Swinney is great. I think his values are great. I even agree with a lot of what he said, but the world just doesn't work that way. That is how I feel about the level of dedication that Oregon has toward playing Bo Nix all the way through that blowout start to finish and then saying he's our guy moving into week two. What do you think about that? I think it's a level of stubborn that is honorable, but might be folly.
3: Mm, I think that it is... I don't disagree with what he did not putting Ty, Ty Thompson in. The game was out of, out of a hand. All you do is potentially cause, cause yourself more drama there. Now, if Bo struggles in the first half of Eastern Washington, he's coming out.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like Or struggles in the first half of the BYU game, he's coming out. Yeah. But I would imagine Ty Thompson will play in the Eastern Washington game either way either Oregon blowing blowing them out or Bo Nix struggling. Either way, he's going to – I think he plays in, in the game. And the future will be determined by – in the next three quarters.
4: Yeah. What you cannot afford to have happen is to have Bo Nix be the second-best quarterback on the field in three straight out-of-conference games. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. Eastern Washington's Gunner Talkington, 29 of 46, 348 yards, five touchdowns against Tennessee State in week one.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. because they are a spread them out, throw it all over the place kind of of team. So that's actually good. Oregon's defense, they need to get stressed in a different way. They have to tackle way better because they were turning tackles down. But alas, uh, we will find out more about them this week. All right, Cal versus UC Davis, 34-13. They were obviously supposed to win this game. Jack Plummer had a good game. You know, 23 for 35, 268, three touchdowns. They ran the ball okay, you know, for 147 yards. But they also gave up 145 yards rushing, but 60 of it was on one one play. So – Listen, there's not a lot to be gained about playing UC Davis, but they only scored 34 points, which does alarm me just a tad bit.
4: The first quarter was, um, the first quarter was like, it it genuinely, like, at some point, I was like, had these players met before today? (laughs) Yes. That, and then. And then like Jack Plummer made a couple of throws that it was like, "Oh, now you have my attention. You have my <laughs> you have my interest, but now you have my attention." Yep. And from from that point on, they were exactly who Cal is. Like they uh th- there was some some methodical uh working of the ball downfield, they were able to grind out some yards with multiple running backs, and they went on a 34 to 6 run to close the game out in the final three quarters. And I would say that it kind of resembled what happened with um UCLA, but it didn't but it wasn't like UCLA was like you're trying to start a Ferrari and it didn't turn over the first few times and then the fourth time all of a sudden you're going 95 seconds later, right? Yep. This was just like all right, we have a bunch of players that need to fit into cal football, the culture of cal football, everything cal football is, and it just took them a quarter to be like, "Oh, this is the formula." Yep. And it looked it just looked very very much um, less, le- less like Chase Garbersy, where like Chase would try to like force something with his legs to get the team going, and more. Uh, this is it. Bill Musgrave's right. Is the uh, the OC? Yes. Yeah, this yep. was like his the, was like Bill Musgrave's wet dream. Of
3: yeah. How,
5: how the
4: <laughs> second to fourth quarter went in yes. this game. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and I, I just, so and also shout out to Tommy Christakos. They got a big six foot four white wide receiver on the outside and he's a jump ball guy i'm really excited to see what he does this year
3: yep all right uh usc 66 rice 14 people are like oh my god usc's back this offense bro slow down they had three pick sixes in the game against rice oh their defense is bro they're playing rice rice is terrible they threw four picks including three pick sixes and yes 66 to 14 is a good day they ran the ball for 208 yards, but just like the game versus UC Davis, this game versus Rice, it, it literally means nothing. Like you, you can't gain anything about USC except for they are a competent team that can score, score points and their DBs can catch. You know what I mean? So I, I, yes. I don't think that we are going to know anything about them. Do you ever
4: do, have you ever worked at a company where they like you, where you have like a team bonding thing like everybody goes and plays laser tag yeah or something like that and like sometimes it, it it's cool and sometimes it's like man I I got a lot of work to do I don't really want to be here and it takes a while to like and then at the end you you, know, you have fun because you're doing a fun thing around people that you generally like um, this is like what if you planned a team bonding exercise and it changed everybody's life. That's what this reminded me of, because like they just went out there, they got to have fun together against a much inferior opponent and get the monkey on their back of just a really long time of their defense not making the type of highlight plays that show you the level of athlete they bring to USC. Right. So this game, I agree with you. It means absolutely nothing in the long run but they went out there and they had a really good time with it and that could fuel them in the long run the three defensive touchdowns were huge and they were making they were making other plays like it was athletes showing off their athleticism yes. and that was missing in the Clay Helton era i will say though they <laughs> because i'm you know flipping back and forth between this and some SEC and Big 10 games they look thin
5: they yes. look slight they are, they up front are on both sides of the ball. Yes. So
4: they better be playing fast as hell because they – just especially that defensive line, it was like, oh, they got seven linebackers out there.
3: Yep, yep. All right, uh, Utah, Florida. We already dis- discussed that 29-26 victory for Florida. We're, we're impressed with Utah still, even in the loss. Um, Stanford – The last
4: play. The last play, though. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like –
3: That was just a mistake by Cam Rising, an uncharacteristic mistake. He doesn't do stuff like that. He doesn't. So I am, you know, I'm surprised that that that, that happened. When he was in that position, I was like, they're guaranteed going going to win. Guaranteed. But nope. Nope. Uh, They did not. Um. Now, Colgate-Stanford. Colgate-10, Stanford-41. Now, I'm so mad at you. (laughs) Why?
4: Because I asked you if Stanford even scores 40 in this game, and you were like, yeah, they'll do it by accident. (laughs) Because the line was 40 and a half. Yeah. And we both got it wrong, and I did not want to go along with you, and I'm mad that I let you talk me into it.
3: Yeah, I told you that they would on accident, but and they scored forty-one, but they did not, uh, they did not cover in that game. So yeah, it,
4: ninety ninety-yard touchdown run on the first play of the season, though.
3: Yeah, that's always good. Well, eighty eighty eighty-seven officially, but but oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> not but, gonna uh, let me round up. No, but uh, but uh, who is counting? So yeah, Stanford Stanford won. Tanner McKee was efficient, sort of. I mean, he was 22 for 27, 308, two touchdowns and a pick. But, yeah, we will will see because the rest of their schedule is rough. Yes. Um, Yes. All right. Uh, Idaho, Washington State. Uh, If you're a Washington State fan, you should be terrified. Terrified after this game because you had to come back. You were down 10-0 after the first, tied at halftime. Then it was uh what was it 24? It was 17 to 17 to 10. Like you couldn't pull away from them. Which is yeah. uh Cam Cam Ward was pretty good, 25 for 40, 215, and three touchdowns. But I would be terrified if I were a Washington State fan, the fact that we could not pull against away against a team that is no longer even division one
4: it was a lot of dinking and dunking it was um uh, it had me worried because they it, 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 it cam ward was running around a little bit trying to figure out how to make a play and then in the end he ends up with 5.4 yards an attempt because he settled down and just started hitting some of his athletes on the outside and letting them go to work and so there was th- that part of it was encouraging to me because it, sometimes you just gotta like if it's not working on that day you don't have your best stuff, right? You you just gotta let everybody else go to work. And I, I do appreciate the fact that he didn't cost them the game, and that when it came time to uh, when it when it came time to do what it took to win, he did. And you also have to remind yourself that Idaho is probably the best team that he has ever faced. Idaho That's is probably crazy. the best team that Cam Ward has ever has ever faced. And we're saying like, oh, it might be the worst team that any Pac-12 team is playing this week. It's still better athletes. It's still second-tier West Coast athletes. We're still talking about players who played at Jay Sarah and Modern Day and and Sawaro high school in Arizona, that's still the level of player we're talking about. And so, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to be a cakewalk. I think we uh, maybe me, especially um, got sold a little bit too much by um, Jake Dickert talking about, you know, uh, how uh, much he believed in Cam Ward. And I think we might be able to see a little bit more of that magic later in the season, but this was not, this was not that. And I think that it was sobering and not concerning. I wouldn't put them in the, like, I'm worried about Washington state. Cause I don't think you or I think that they're going to be world beaters this year anyway. Um, but it did, it did bring us back down to earth a little bit with what their expectations should be.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Their expectations should be completely different at this point in time. Should be complete completely different. Yeah. <laughs> you and I have a height
4: difference on the video now. I know. Which is I like know. this is probably actually like our real life height difference. I'm pretty sure you're like seven inches taller than me.
3: Hey, well, we,
4: to everybody who's listening on the podcast. George's chair is now elevated, uh in in a way that will keep him from having back seizures on. Our <laughs> podcast.
3: Yeah, well, well, I'm actually standing up now, so hold on. Let me adjust the camera to. Oh well, that's not great either but uh oh I
4: got you I got you my chair moves too I can I can play this game <laughs> <laughs> you
3: can you, you can play the height game. okay cool we're we're good money now all right um, <laughs> uh Oregon State played host to Boise State 34 to 17 I told you so I told you the beavers are in Yeah this was a this is an ass beating man yes Yes, like so much so that Boise State took out their good quarterback. They took out their starting <laughs> yeah. quarterback. Mm-hmm. And um in um in ba- Bachmeier. He was 4 for 8, two picks. They took him out. Now, uh I firmly believe he will be back starting this week. Yeah. <laughs> because Green came in and uh, he was nineteen for twenty eight, one hundred and sixty six yards and a touchdown. Ran for a hundred and one yards and a t- two touchdowns. He couldn't be any more different than Bachmeyer.
4: And he was he he was like flying all over the place. And you were like, I appreciated the effort that he was putting in to try to bring them back. But it was also like it was like like every because you didn't want them to have to bring Bachmeyer into that game. He was seeing ghosts, and they took him out.
3: Yeah. It was
4: the the right move, you weren't weren't going to do anything from it Yeah Yeah, I felt like it was the right thing to do Like again, like a baseball metaphor Like sometimes your starter just doesn't have it, right? Yep Um, But, oh my gosh What did you think about
3: Chance Nolan? He
4: looked like Jake Plummer He looked like Jake Plummer In what way? In the throwing on the move In the making exciting plays down the field
3: Okay. Um what did you think about both picks so?
4: Well, I mean it was not not every part of it was perfect and if you remember Jake Plummer had the same amount of interceptions of the pros as he did touchdown passes like 141.
3: <laughs> so a that's a fair so game,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> changes on my end for that.
3: But, it, <laughs> You're but like, it was just, I said Jake Plummer.
4: But there was just some stuff that he did that it was like, "Oh, they're not going to have to work around him."
3: Yeah. Correct. He, that, he he's clearly that really better. Surprised me. He's clearly yeah. better than he was. So, are you more of a believer in this Oregon State team because they jumped out 24 nothing and then cruised and then cruised on home?
4: No, I'm not because it, it like Boise State didn't have the opportunity to even try to have a running game. Um not that their running games that good this year anyway, but like they didn't even – there's going to be teams in this conference that don't care if, if Oregon State jumps out to a early lead yeah. on them. And also, also, Oregon State has had, like, one good road win in the last five years. So we still have to deal with whether or not they can play outside of Corvallis. And you can make an argument that their road win last year at USC was them just beating a dead horse that was dead when they got there. Yes. So – yeah, I, I I would like to see them do something, anything, on the road uh, before I decide that that um, that you and I were both wrong about them. I think we both have them go into a bowl, but there's also a lot of people saying that they're going to flirt with ten wins, and I just don't. That, that's yeah,
2: yeah. I, st- I, I still don't, see, don't that. see that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: Um, now, last game up in the Pac-12, Washington 45, Kent State 20, Michael Penix Jr. 26 for 39, 345, four touchdowns. I thought that, I thought he would be good. And granted, they are playing kent state Kent Kent State's terrible, but when you play bad teams, you are supposed to make them look bad you are you are supposed to they gave up thirteen points in the first half, didn't give up any in the third quarter. I don't think that this Washington defense is special, but they can score points which allows you them to put pressure on teams. It's obviously a clear abandoning of the way that um Jimmy Lake was trying to run that struggle offense, you know, run the damn football and all of that. Listen, they like, yeah, we're going to run it, but we're going to throw that thing too. And so Washington sh- fans should be much more happy. They put up 525 yards to offense. They look competent. They look competent. Like you can't just look at this team and be like, oh, that's a win. No, 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 no.
4: I agree with you, and I, I would say. The I actually think that stuck, they
3: maybe that they maybe can beat Michigan State next weekend.
4: It's possible. It's possible. They they just got to be respectable. Like no explosive plays um, in the run game for for Michigan State, and I think that'll keep them in it. Michael Penix is no stranger to to big game atmospheres, and I think he'll probably be okay. Um, but I, I here, here's how I feel about what Washington did. I think everybody was so enamored with how different, radically different Arizona looked that it kind of took all of the oxygen out of the room. But the truth is, this was just as impressive. Yes. As
3: the last couple of years. Yes, now. it was.
4: Um, yes, it and was. and it, it wasn't just Michael Penix, but it was the fact that like their receivers actually had an opportunity to Make plays and nobody On the team had more than uh, Well no uh, Roma Adunze Had seven catches but, but Everybody else he was spreading the ball around Jalen McMillan caught five balls Taj Davis caught Three Jalen Polk caught three Giles Jackson got involved like the running backs were catching passes out of the backfield, the ball was spread around. It's like, and you you can consistently point out that like this was even an or, issue for Oregon last year. If you have receivers in high school and receivers on your sideline, seeing that not everybody's touching the ball, they get real antsy yep. real quick. We even saw LSU's best receiver almost quit on the team at halftime uh, because he you know he didn't have any catches. So you have to find a way to keep people involved. They did that. That's a huge sign. Uh, of of positive things to come for Washington.
3: Yep. All right. Uh, now on to this week. How did, uh, Dua, you have our win totals prepared already? Against the spread? Yes. Yes.
4: I went six and six. And you went four and eight. What? Yeah, you went four and eight. Rough start of the season.
3: How the hell did I go four and eight, bro? I, I demand a recount. Demand a recount. All right. <laughs> I took well, TCU. No, you didn't. I, I didn't. No. Oh. No way. <laughs> no Eastern way.
4: Yeah. Are you serious? You, were, you went hard on the Pac-12 this like this week. You also took NAU. So you started out owen two. You were Owen two before we even got to Saturday.
3: Damn. Okay. So
4: technically. You so went I lost and the, on Saturday, and then more
3: and then I lost the Oregon game. Obviously, I lost. The, I, I won the USC game. Won the UCLA game, lost the Utah game, won the Arizona game. Mm -hmm. Did I win the Cal game?
4: No, no, that was like 21 and a half. They won by 21, I think.
3: Did I win the Stanford game?
4: No, you talked me into losing the Stanford game. Thanks.
3: And I lost the Washington State game too. Yes. Won the Oregon State game. And did I win the Kent Washington game?
4: I don't think so.
3: Damn, damn. All right. Well, hey, it's only. I got two, you right I where I game want game you. Game. I got you right <laughs> where I want you. All right. Um. All right. Next. All right. So for this weekend, first game up, Pac-12 Network, Southern Utah against Utah. The line on this game appears to be what?
4: I'm looking it up now. I there's actually know a lot of players on the Southern Utah team, and I feel uh, really bad for what's uh, about what's to about to happen
3: to them, bro. This is going to be well their their quarterback did throw for 364 yards and three touchdowns last week, so you know they probably feel. Like, you know, they may be able to move the ball a little, keep it re- respectable, but they are going to get their asses whooped, bro.
4: Yes, they are. So the line that I was able to find, um, not a lot of people are making lines for this, but one person did throw it out as 45.
3: Mm. Mm-mm. I don't like it. I don't like it. Give me Southern Utah. Give me Southern Utah. Not Obviously not to win this damn game. But I see them losing by like six touchdowns. Not, not, not six touchdowns and a field goal. That's a little excessive.
4: All right. Well, Southern Utah lost to another in-state school last year, 62 to nothing in Weber State. So I'm going to go ahead and take Utah.
3: Wait, they up. lost 62 to nothing to Weber State last year? But they only
4: lost by one to Montana, and they only lost by eight to Northern Colorado. So that could have been an anomaly,
3: but that (laughs) it happened. Okay, fine. I'm still sticking with it. Got it. Got to get wins. Southern
4: Utah plus forty (laughs) five.
3: Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Colorado and Air Force.
4: Oh my gosh. Okay, so Colorado. I think I had said on our last podcast that I thought Air Force beat Colorado. They did. Um, That was a couple of years ago. Uh, And I think it was in Boulder. Yep. Um, So the Air Force versus Colorado spread is currently uh, Air Force minus 17 and a half. How disrespectful
3: is that? That is so disrespectful. So disrespectful. They just beat Northern Iowa 48 to 17.
4: I just highly advise against taking a Mountain West team minus 17 and a half over a Pac-12 team.
3: I just. They only threw the ball six times last week.
4: They don't throw. Air Force, you got to understand, although, but like Air Force, Air Force is one of the best teams against the spread in the country. I am taking Air Force. They were nine and four. I am taking
3: Air Force, bro. I, that lets you know what I think about this Colorado. Well, actually I wish, I wish I could hedge it on who they're starting. But either, either way, it doesn't matter. I'm taking air force. The games at air force too, even though they're both in Colorado, one's just in Colorado Springs. Yeah. So I'm still taking air force.
4: It's such a most underrated pain in the ass place to play a football game. Is at Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Yeah, um, but I can't. I can't. This is in this line is insane. <laughs> it's insane. I can't. I'm, I don't think Colorado's going to win this game. But the idea that they're going to lose by three <laughs> touchdowns—they were in the game against TCU last week. It was their own offensive ineptitude that created well, I, exactly.
3: It's got to be a repeat, bro. Repeat. All right,
4: I'm on the opposite side of you, but oh my gosh, if Air Force covers, they gotta, got to. The Carl Durrell experiment has to end immediately they have to be first in line for 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 a coach and and, and that's and they a damn shame somebody. because
3: I root yeah. for black coaches because they don't get jobs very often but he may have fired himself when he when he got the officer coordinator that he got um mm-hmm. all right uh Washington State at Wisconsin
4: a lot less exciting of a game than uh uh <laughs> Then I was thinking after what happened with um, with Idaho. Let's see.
3: They beat Illinois State thirty-eight to zero last week.
4: It, this is another seventeen and a half point line. Uh, Wisconsin is favored.
3: If I could jump around here without getting my uh, headphones tangled tangled up, I would. Give me the Wisconsin Badgers, homie. Give me the Badgers. That is one of the most ruthless places to play college football. Love their fans. I played there. Uh, Yeah, it it is a fun place to play. And Washington State, after their, their offensive effort last week, I don't trust them. Wisconsin is going to absolutely stomp a mud hole in them. Big time.
4: I'm trying to think of the last time a team that was this run heavy um, took on Washington State and what happened. And I know that they don't have a ton of the same personnel as last year, but I just don't – I can't find an example of it. So it's hard for me to envision maybe you – but Utah – you know what? I'm going to take um, I'm I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Kooks. I think this is a 12. Oh, we point. are.
3: Yes. So one of us is going to go 0 and 12. The other one's going to go 12, <laughs> 12 and 0 at this point. I
4: think I know in your mind that you believe you're going 12 and 0 every week. Always. Always,
3: bro. There's no lack of confidence on this on this side of the fence, bro. Um all right. Uh next game up. UNLV versus Cal. UNLV started out their season well this year. Beat Idaho State 52-21. to 21. Now they got Cal. W- what's this line looking like?
4: Well, first of all, Idaho State is like – and the reason that they hired Charlie Ragel away from Cal because they need a new direction. They were definitely one of the worst teams in all of – FCS so I wouldn't look too much into that. Uh, it is interesting that UNM finally did something on offense. Yes. after ASU hired away their offensive coordinator, so maybe that doesn't look so good for ASU. Um this is only a 13 point uh, uh spread. It's Cal minus 13. Mm. I like this is if it, if if you could bet in North Carolina without actually driving your ass down to a sports book, I would lay the most money of any of anything on Cal covering the thirteen.
3: Wow. I like Cal to cover, but they don't score enough damn points, bro. They don't score enough points, which, which, which concerns me. And I think that UNLV is better than UC Davis who lost by what? 21 points.
4: They definitely have UNLV right now. And I don't want to be disrespectful, but they're one player. It's Doug Brumfeld. Yeah, like if it. If Dung Br- Doug Brumfeld balls out, then they're going to be okay. I still think they're going to lose. But if he doesn't play perfectly, they're going to get wrecked.
3: So. Okay, so you've talked me into it. I am going to go with Cal. Yeah. I don't trust Marcus <laughs> Arroyo. uh his, his offense, because they haven't been good since he's been there. So until they prove that they're good, I don't trust it. All right, Portland State versus the Washington Huskies. They're going to start out 2 and 0. Their fans are going to be happy. But they still haven't played anybody yet. And then that Michigan State test is going to be, but at least they'll have some confidence. But uh is there even a line printed for this game?
4: I'm checking right now. And you and I talked about the fact that there's a very strong possibility that not only they start 2 and 0, but they might be 6 and 0, 7 and 1 um heading into the into the Oregon game. So I I mean, I'm I'm all in on Washington to trick a whole bunch of people early in the season. They might trick themselves, too. They might trick themselves into believing that this is, a, this is the, the resurgence um, of the Huskies. I don't have a line on ESPN, so I am checking elsewhere. I don't know what order you're going in. Otherwise, I would just have these already, uh, already oh. <laughs> laid out.
3: Okay, so I'll, I'll go from here on out. I'll go on ESPN. I was on College Press Box.
4: Okay, uh, so Washington,
3: which has them like in chronological order.
4: All right, so we have Odd Shark is saying nothing's better than dead air. I'm gonna I'm end up logging onto some site that gives my computer a virus. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have any odds. Okay, on this. do you so. you just want to make it? Well, you, should we make it thirty or something? Or uh, no, oh, I was gonna it say is thirty. We should, no. Yeah, no, let's
3: just. I was going to say 40, 45 like the uh, other game.
4: Forty five. God, Portland State is not. So do you think awful. it's port
3: Portland State's better than Southern Utah?
4: Um. Yes, very much so.
3: Okay, so then let's set it at thirty two. Then. Thirty two. Yep.
4: Okay. Portland, I'll take Portland State plus 32.
3: I will take Portland State plus 32 as well. Okay. All right. UCLA versus the Alabama State Hornets. This is definitely a game that doesn't have a uh, – I think it was 50. 50? 50? All right. So Alabama State is 2-0. They beat Miles 21 to 13, Howard 23 to 13. So I am going to go UCLA. Wait, are we setting it at 50? No, it is 50 and a half. Oh, all right. I'm going to the- go with UCLA plus 50. I'm sorry, minus 50 and a half. <sighs> I never take this say- side of the line. What do the kids say? Ain't
4: no way. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> Alabama State. Yeah. All right. No, no, 50? <laughs> <laughs> 50 and a half. No. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing 50 and a half. I'm 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 somebody who has a hard time hitting on 13 in blackjack. I'm not taking a fifty and a half and a Give me <laughs> Alabama
3: state, please. Good. I'm glad you said that. All right. Uh, Arizona state at Oklahoma state.
4: I think last I checked, this was actually like eleven and a half in favor of Oklahoma state, but I'm checking that now. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game because Oklahoma state looked really, really good to open the season. Um, it's 11. It's down to 11 and the over/under's 58. I would hammer that over by the way. Um I think that I think that this has a chance to to be like a uh, you know.
3: Oh, uh, neither neither team is really going to be able to stop the the other team.
4: I think so just because you have two quarterbacks who really can move. Yeah. Um and so that I think that's going to be pretty confounding for for both defenses, um, and if it is under, it's probably going to be Oklahoma State scoring a lot of points in Arizona State, not really knowing what to yep. do on the road. Yeah, uh, Because Arizona State is another one of those teams that are on the road. They are just a completely different team.
3: Give so, me Oklahoma State minus 11.
4: I will roll with you on this one. I think it's going to be a two-touchdown one. I don't think it's going to be two out of hand, um, but I think 30, 34 to 20 is reasonable. Yeah. Um, or possibly, you know, forty-two twenty-eight because I, I do like the over. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Oklahoma State as well.
3: All right, um, Oregon State, Fresno State.
4: Okay, we have to deal with Jake Hayner again.
3: Mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. The bees travel down the I five. This is. Uh, even, even money, bro. This a pick'em.
4: Or, or Oregon State is uh, getting most of the money right now. It looks like, but this is even. Yeah,
3: mm. I'm rolling thing. with the Beavers. The Beavers. I'm staying with the Beavers. The Beavers. Ah, uh, ah,
4: uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. So you know what's interesting about this, and I know that it, you know, it, it's basically. Uh, moot point because of the amount of players that move around. But Fresno State finished their year last year. Um, it, what one of their last games was against Boise State, and it was a thirty-six point loss. So we have kind of a common opponent, but obviously made up yep. of you have a different coaching staff. You have yeah. Um, I, I would be an idiot. I would be an idiot, right, for going against the Beavers two weeks in a row. No, let me. No,
3: go go. No, 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 no. no. Pick. Pick, pick Fresno State. Do what you want to do, Playboy. Do what you want to do. You feeling froggy? Go, go ahead. And so it looks like right, right now you're gonna finish so, so far like two and eight. So listen, listen. You can, you can keep it up if you will.
4: Whatever, Jake Hayner, Jake Hayner for the win. Let's go.
6: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: Of uh, Michigan State at Arizona. Now, I don't think those two teams are playing. Mississippi State. <laughs> Man, Lord. Like, well, yes.
4: I'm, I'm very unprepared for what Arizona has on their schedule. Uh-huh. Uh, Mississippi State. So, this is an interesting one because it, this is Mike the, Leach. Yeah, and Mike Leach, uh, one of his worst losses ever happened in Tucson. This is Mississippi State coming to Tucson, and people are being super reactive right now. Like, this was supposed to be a, a Mississippi State coming to town and just destroying Boat Arizona. Yeah. And, and now it's only a 10-and-a-half point line, and you're what you are seeing is a lot of people reacting to how good Arizona looked in in the opening game, and I, I got to be honest, man, I don't, I, I don't feel like that reactiveness is appropriate. This is still Arizona's defensive backfield now against uh, a spread offense.
3: Mm, see, this, but you got to remember, State. it's not just a spread. This is Mike Leach's spread against a defensive coordinator who's seen it and knows how to combat it. So give me the Wildcats and them points. Give me them 10 and a half points. I'm taking them. I think Mississippi State still wins, but only by a touchdown. But don't be surprised if the Wildcats shocked the world, boy. Woo! I am on Jedfish's bandwagon, Jonathan Smith's bandwagon right, right now. I am in the Pac-12. Just as soon as we start coming, coming back, it's gonna break up.
4: Okay. Well, I just, I'm not convinced that Memphis's DBs are any less or more talented than Arizona's. I think they're probably on the same level. And Will okay. Rogers just went 38 of 49 for 450 yards, five touchdowns. So, because they're not used to seeing State, that.
3: Yeah. They're not used to seeing that offense. And they went the total wrong way about going to go stop it.
4: All right, well, I'm on the opposite side of you again on this one, and it makes me feel like a Pac-12 hater. What a um, loser.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. That's from Wedding. Well, no, 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 not – wait, from – wait, Wedding Crashers, yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. Next game, USC-Stanford. This game is on the farm. USC's feeling real good about themselves. 66 points last week against Rice. Now they go on the farm to take on Stanford. I actually feel better about Stanford playing at USC than I do Stanford playing on the farm, which is weird.
4: Is this a revenge game or is it not a revenge game because Clay Helton is not there anymore? Both. Both. OK, um, this spread is going to shock you. It's eight and a half points in favor of USC.
3: No, I think that's reasonable. I actually think that really? that's reasonable. Yeah. And give me them Cardinal, homie. They are going to make this ugly. They are going to shut this hype because if you can stop U.S. Uh, Lincoln Riley's offense from running the football, Caleb Williams did not look great last year. If they could stop them from running. And I think Stanford will do a good job of stopping them from running the football, trying to make them throw the ball all the time, which is going to play in their favor. Give me Stanford plus them eight. Was it eight and a half? I might need no. Is it eight and a half or nine?
4: It's eight and a half. Some places have it nine. We'll stick with eight and a half. I'm
3: going to need all them points though. I wish it was nine, but, uh, I'm going to need autumn points. Well, betters are probably going to drag
4: this up even higher as we get closer to kickoff. But I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with USC and here's why Stanford means nothing to Lincoln Riley. It means nothing to all those transfers. It it just David Shaw means nothing to Lincoln Riley. There is no, there's no weird juju from how weird these games always go that has anything to do with any of the staff that is at listen, USC listen. right now outside of maybe Dante Williams. And so
3: I think you're going to
4: get a 14-point USC win here. I'll go USC.
3: Mm, mm. Listen, the juju carry carries over like Oregon, Stanford juju. It carry carries over, brother. All right, last game up. Eastern Washington, Oregon. What is the line on this game? Eastern Washington last week. Played Tennessee State, 36-29. Oregon, you know, they had a scrimmage last week, so their first game is this week. So, where are you going?
4: If you had to set the line, what would you put it at?
3: Probably. I mean, Oregon only scored three three points last week, so it would be very conservative. I'd probably put it at 32
4: Oh, then you're gonna like this because it is twenty one.
3: Oh my God, that is gross. Give me, give me Oregon all day. They are they're gonna win this game by like 35 points. They better win this game by 35 points. Yeah, their quarterback I, I threw think- the ball forty six times for five touchdowns, and he rushed for another sixty yards.
4: Yeah, I think we're just going to be different this week because I, I think that I think this is a – I think 20 is about where I would max it out at. Um, and I think it's probably going to take – because Oregon still hasn't had the opportunity to go through what everybody else did, which is to find themselves, right? They still probably need that quarter to figure things out. Yeah. So I think they pull away. I do think that they win, but I, 20 is, is about where I'm comfortable at, and 21 is just beyond that. So let's mm. just be different on almost every
3: pick. I feel real good about this week, baby. If if I'm twelve and zero, that makes you what like three and three and nine.
4: I think we're like two. We're on the same side of like two of these.
3: Okay, so hey, two and two and ten, you'll be okay. Yeah, I, I think I think you'll recover <laughs> at some point, but okay. it won't be this week, baby. Right. Um, final final thing is, um, so the Pac-12 overall had a good week last last week. The teams at the top didn't do the. Both teams at top lost. I thought Utah still looked very respectable, very good. Oregon got trash canned. But now, after this next week, how will we be viewing the conference? After Mississippi State, State, Arizona, Oregon State, Fresno State, um, Cal, UNLV, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Air Force, Colorado, and Washington State, Wisconsin, because the other games are non-consequential.
4: I'm not giving Washington State a chance. I hope I'm wrong about that. But the four games, to me, that they have to win at least two of, or else we're just going to get made fun of by everybody, is Oregon State, Fresno State, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado, Air Force. They're not going to win that um, game.
3: So we, we and just...
4: then either of the Arizona schools. I think if they yeah. go two and two in those, and I expect everybody else to kind of do their job, uh, I think I think we'll be okay. Um, but it would look really good for the like. So if like Arizona and Oregon State both win, and Arizona State and Colorado can't, then I think people will look at that and be like, "No, that that makes sense." I don't think it'll give anybody any reason to shit on our conference any more than they already are. But if they go zero and four in those games and Washington state gets blown out at Wisconsin. Nobody's going to care about what happens with Alabama state and UCLA yeah. or Eastern Washington and Oregon.
3: Yeah, it would be nice though to have a, you know, a 13 out of 14 weekend like the SEC had last last weekend.
4: Yeah, if both Arizona schools win, then you will then then that will erase what happened last week in my yeah. opinion. All right. Cuz then people will be like, "Oh, the conference is really thick in the middle."
3: Yep. Ooh, that's what, that's what, that's what she said. God damn it. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm George Reiser. He's Ralph to Peace out. Catch you guys later. At Bet365, we don't
2: do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
6: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dierks Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin.